Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress. Um, it's me and Kirk. We did have a guest, but unfortunately, we had to reschedule. He's coming on in June. Um, there was some confusion. But so me and Kirk have decided that we're going to be discussing the latest WordPress update, which is 6.2. Um, it's a major update. It's Dolphy. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, we're going to be talking about all the key features of the update and the bigger view around it. So, um, Kirk, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Absolutely, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, my name is Kurt, Kurt Von Onen. I own an agency called Manana Nomas. I focus mainly on membership and learning websites and, of course, helping out the WP Tonic team. That's great. Like I say, we're going to be discussing the site editor, the style book, theme styles. That, that To say that this was a major update and there's a lot in it would be a slight understatement. It should be a great discussion. Before we go into the meat and potatoes of the show, I've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. Hi there, folks. It's Jonathan Denwood here, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website, and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to pay the high charges that Google will charge you, Zolo offers a great email inbox platform. They've got over 50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with WordPress at great value levels and they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well. So it's just amazing value. Also, if you're a WordPress developer or agency owner, Zolo are looking for great partnerships in the WordPress space. To get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to Zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back, folks. I um, just want to point out that um, we really work with WordPress developers. We've got great hosting package and we've got a great partner package. Um, 
the benefits of working with WP Tonic is that you don't get in any arguments about which plugins to utilize because we provide all the key ones for your membership or Buddy Boss website plus support. It's a lot of value in becoming a WP Tonic partner if you're a developer. To find all this out, go over to WP Tonic slash partners and sign up. We'd love you to become part of the family. So let's just start off with a quick um, intro about 6.2. Was you, what was your initial impression when you looked over <laughs> over what they had done with 6.2 around the editor and Gutenberg in general, Kirk? I find, Jonathan, the, the best way to, to really wrap your head around these things is even if you're an agency and you have to invent a project, invent a project, invent a fake website and start playing with the stuff. And um, to actually see it in work was was uh, kind of revolutionary for me. I mean, there, there's a lot of changes there and a lot more functionality. If, you, if, you, if you're willing to dig deep, uh, you can find some of the cool tools and, and uh, features they put in. Yeah, I think you're partly right there. Um, I think the number one, you know, um, who, who's ever listening, obviously, if you're a developer, you're well aware of this. But if you're um, a website user of WordPress, um, one of the main thing is that um, the block theme, how it's affected how themes work in general, because a lot of this functionality that we're going to be talking about, you can't actually utilize it unless you're utilizing a modern block theme. And what I mean by modern is a theme that's been either coded or recoded, adapted to work with these features in the last six months, year, maybe. Um, um, unless the developer's done that, the team behind the block theme, um, if it's a classic theme, you won't be able to use any of this. If it's a theme that is a block theme and they haven't updated it to utilise these latest additions, you, it won't break, um, but you won't be able to utilise this functionality. I am correcting that, and I Kurt. Yeah, uh, I actually did a project this week firsthand with a new theme that Lifter LMS is putting out, and it's not public yet. It's a pre-release. But to see the difference between, um, and I'm just going to say Astra, because I, I use Astra for a lot of my projects, but the difference between Astra and then this this latest block-oriented theme that I'm using from Lifter, you can see the, the interactivity and the differences between what's available. And uh, and I'm real thankful that I got to jump into that and see this thing, you know, work at its full full extent. Right. So let's go straight into it. Um, so let's go into the site editor. You know, they've done some major UX um, improvements, tidying up, linked to functionality. It's a very extensive list. Um, I think. Um, a lot of what they've done makes a lot of sense and, and it's a big improvement. Um, so what, what's your own thoughts about that? Well, uh, and I don't want to be too bashful about talking about other tools at the same time because it's you can't help but compare. Like if you're an Elementor-type person or a Divi-type person and you look at, at this, you're going to go, okay, well, what's the similarity? What's the difference? What's... So what's the benefit? And then, um, so in this example, when you go into the site editor, 
um, in a theme that's capable of it, you see right away templates, template parts, and access to build the elements of a site, kind of like you would in the template manager for Elementor, but all within the site editor in that first screen. Yeah. Um, so would you say it's the, the, they've done a lot of tidying up on the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really straightforward from that from that perspective. It's really straightforward on what are the elements of my site, what am I attempting to change, and what do I want to modify? Like, do I want to use a simple footer here, or do I want to use you know my graphic footer here? And it's those elements are available. Right. Um, so um, I think the next thing that that's really a big biggie. Um, it's the style book. Um, this is new functionality that's been added in 6.2. What's, what was your initial reaction to the style book functionality? When I first got a look at what I was working with, I, I had, think the best thing also, sorry, interrupt, Kirk, can you yeah. give a quick outline what the style book is and, and what it do, roughly does before you go into the Pacific? Yeah, I was, I was going to, try and cover that it's um i had to look it up like i didn't recognize what it was by the term style book right I, i'm used to seeing things like global settings in other page builders and things like that but the style book with wordpress uh in the gutenberg environment allows you to pick your your fonts uh you know different colors the the weight of your fonts typography um different shades colors things like that um and when you work with a theme that's pre-built that's you know ready for like this full site editing arena. Um, that stuff is largely preset, which is really really nice, provided it's a premium theme. Yeah, what did you is is kind of global settings kind of panel where you can go into different and it lists like example would be your key header um, setup, your H one, your H two, H three, and it gives the list and it gives the actual. Um, example, a visual um, example of of the font and the size in a list um, environment, and you can adjust it and then set it as a global setting. That's about right, isn't it? It is. It is. But, you know, um, I fear that when we talk about this stuff, Jonathan, we can't help, again, like I said, bring in other products to, for comparison. I think about even if I stayed with Gutenberg before and used Astra and Astra Pro and put in Spectre, I would get similar functionality with with that setup, right? So, um, but to see the way that it was laid out, the way it's delivered with the WordPress 6.2, um, it's clean. It works really well. I'm trying not to be negative in it because, hey, folks, I've had a, I've had a rough morning, um, folks. I've had a pretty rough morning before this, so I'm not in the happiest mood, folks. But uh, um, so I'm not trying um, to make it worse. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, um, I'm so I'm trying to be positive about this, but I've got a comment. You know, um, with the main, I, I, you know, they're. In the terminology of Gutenberg, what Spectre and some of the other um, providers are third-party, they're block libraries. That's the terminology that they're utilising. I tend to utilise the old term that they're frameworks. Um, 
because that's how I rationalise it, folks. I see these as major kind of frameworks, especially with Spectre and or Astra, because they provide all these um, starter themes. Star, it, it's all it's all getting very confusing. Don't you think so, Kirk? Do you think God help the new user? That's all I've got to say. Well, and that's why I find myself giving all these disclaimers. Like, if if you're familiar with this project, it looks like this. If you're familiar with that project, it works like that. Because there's, well, with WordPress, there's six or seven different ways to do anything, right? So when you talk to a client, you find yourself saying, well, I can do this, 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 or this. Um and it makes it as, as difficult as going to Best Buy and trying to select a laptop off the shelf. I mean, it's you start looking at stuff and then you get distracted and you forget where you were. Yeah. Um, so you, you think I'm right then? It is getting a little bit even, you know, we've got to, but some people would criticize me for saying that because people say it's always been a little bit confusing, um, you know. In, before Gutenberg and the, and what we're going to outline in 6.2, you know, you had frameworks, you had themes, you had child themes. Um, it was a little bit confused. I just feel that this is this is making it even for even a little bit more confusing. Or would you would you say I'm off 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 track there a little bit? What you know? No, I'm. So remember back when they first tried to tell us that everybody would have a computer in their house and it would eliminate paperwork, right? And now you go visit a company and there's no such thing as no paperwork. There's stacks and stacks of computer-generated crap everywhere. I feel like that's what's going to continue to happen in development in the WordPress space. I mean, there's, there's so many options and everybody that I talk to from a client perspective wants a new automation or a new tool or a new WYSIWYG of something. Um, so yeah, it's going to continue to get more dense and complication. But I am seeing with the 6.2 release and using this new theme that's made specifically for full site editing, I am seeing how they're kind of they're trying to bring that in. They're trying to say, "Hey, if you just stick with us, if you just focus on the basics." Like Tiger Woods still works on his swing, right? That's the basic swing. If you just stick with the basics, over time, we're going to morph into a one-stop shop that will be able to do all these things that you want to do directly through WordPress. I can see that messaging kind of being really, in the background. You're so spot on because um, it's a really difficult situation because you, you've really put that well. Thanks for that, Kirk. You've Thank really you. You've done a really excellent job because... That that's the good side of this because you you really really can see um, clearly now something you know the team at Gutenberg the team that I've worked so hard on this um, they're doing a really excellent job. It's just that um, <laughs> so you, you you just don't want to be negative about it to such a, you know, come across as just a Gutenberg basher. Um, but on the other hand, the reality is, and, it, you know, when you're doing something so um, fundamental, disruptive, um, which Gutenberg, and which in some ways needed to be done, that there is, um, there are going to be casualties, you know, there are going to be problems. Um because you you know you got all the legacy, and I've discussed that in another video. That was one of the strengths of WordPress. This you know this 
concrete guarantee that um, that what that you would be that there wouldn't be a kind of finite cut off point that your legacy to you know can't be totally guaranteed, but that the updates to WordPress were almost anal in their desire not to break compatibility that what worked previously would still work and you you put new functionality on top the the, the these um have thrown all that out hasn't it you know it doesn't break but you can't use it unless you um um update um so in some ways, I'm probably wrong about that because it's you know you can still utilise the website, but you, there isn't that ability because um, these are big. I suppose I'm waffling a little bit, but I'm trying to be fair here because the reality is it doesn't break the site. So you could say compatibility is still there. Um, you always had new functionality that if you didn't upgrade, and that wouldn't work. But on the other hand, these are it's the breadth. I think that's the right way to put it. It's just the breadth of changes and how the whole thing is. You're really going to be left behind if you don't upgrade. And if you built something six months ago, you're going to have to rebuild to some extent. I think that it's just maybe it's just the pace. I, have I been waffling? I've just been struggling to try and be fair here. Would you say I've done a reasonable job, Kurt? I, well, I think you have, and I am going to agree that you did waffle a little bit. But um, you know what? It's the the pace of change from a technology standpoint is only going to accelerate. It's only going to be exponential. And when I see and this is me kind of like maybe I'm kissing WordPress's butt a little too much here, but their backwards compatibility with stuff that's years old is, yeah. is pretty remarkable considering the leaps and bounds that technology has made. Now, their challenge is how do we embrace the oncoming, you know, deeper technologies with AI and all of these things that you and I discussed last week? How do they continue to embrace that at an exponential level and still maintain all that support for that backwards compatibility stuff. I mean, at some point, I would think these things get too heavy to, to really function efficiently. Yeah, and what's interesting in some of the videos and uh, comments I've read um, is that compared to Alimator, you know, I use it regularly, you still use it, Um that they've had their own problems, but um, which they're trying, they're trying to improve their own community communication and how updates and um, in some ways it was the opposite of Gutenberg because not some of the criticism of Alimator was there wasn't much um, changes. There wasn't really um, a lot of, um, struggling for the right word, new um, functionality introduced um, compared to some of the Newer um, page builders in the in the WordPress um, system, um, but they seem they seem to are seeming to attempt to respond to that to some extent, and also trying to respond um, to the speed question as well. But I suppose fundamentally, because of the beast, 
because you're you're pointing a liar, it's a plug-in, it's not in core, it's a liar, there's always going to be some performance here. But but I'm an, I've always been a little bit dismissive of it to some extent because of the concoction of caching, hosting, and all the other plugins. If you, if you mix it all up, the little bit of performance hit that Alamator does, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, no, no. Response to that. Yeah, and, and I'll just be transparent. As an individual, my adoption rate of Elementor was painful. I mean, it was slow, Jonathan. It took me a while because... I think out of the box, Elementor was extremely advanced for an average WordPress user. You know, it's it's one thing to have a tutorial and have someone walk you through like, here's the blog post I made for your website and here's how you change the titles and add content. Like that's a level. But then to go into a custom build, you know, try and use custom colors and features and fonts and, and do all that through Elementor. Well, that was, there was a learning curve there, right? And I think what we've seen is is people... People will criticize Elementor and say, well, it didn't advance fast enough or it didn't advance quickly enough with other changes. But realistically, it came out of the box really, really strong. And like the last couple of updates have been pretty substantial. So like as far as using like the inner, the intersections and stuff like that and using the rows instead and, and some of the stuff they've done in the last year seems fundamental, but they're big changes in how, in how the platform is used. The problem now is you have all these people that have, you know, tackled that learning curve, right? And they found a comfort zone in Elementor. And then WordPress comes along after the game and says, oh, here's Gutenberg. We want this to be the basic foundation of everything moving forward. And that's hard to get people to adopt or to willingly adopt yeah, and smile I think, about it. I think both, both maybe should look at a kind of, um, Light version, which um, which if you're if you hire a developer or you're, or you're developing for a client, you can have the full functionality. But then, depending on the client's needs and wants, you can provide a, a light version. Mm-hmm. So, because it's just the learning curve, and also the bit you know by accident, you can. Um, do stuff that's not beneficial for the client, really. Um, but maybe I'm waffling again. Um, we're going to. I think we get. We had a good discussion about the broad areas. I'm going to go for our break, folks, and then we're going to go back to some of the key, really fantastic functionality in this new version of WordPress 6.2. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS, the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code 
podcast 20. That's podcast two zero. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back. I just want to point out that we've got a great community Facebook group area under under the banner of the Membership Machine Show. It's my other podcast. Go and have a listen. It's all about WordPress, but we'll focus on membership and learning management um, and community websites. Go over that, sign up. We've got a load of entrepreneurs, membership people, and WordPress people. Um, be part of the community. I know Kirk's part of it, Spencer, myself, and a lot of other key people in the WordPress. Come and join us there. It's all free. We'd love you to go over there. You'll find the links in in the show notes of this podcast or YouTube video. So let's um, this go into something that really needed, and I think it, it, it looked really powerful, and it was the new navigation block, because I, I think that was... That was a bit painful until this update, but they've done a. I think they've done a really sweet job on this, and um, it's made the whole experience so much better. What was your own thoughts about that? Um, I, I think in theory it was it was a great idea in use. It was a real stumbling block, man. Um, I out of habit went in to adjust my menu in the menu, uh, you know, screen right that the menu, the menu menu. I went to change the menu. Duh. And uh, and then when I went back to the site, the changes didn't take effect, as in like I eliminated items from my menu. And then when I went back to the site to view the changes, I didn't see the changes. And I was like, oh, what have I done? And so I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I ended up going into the header, go into the navigation block that you're talking about. And then there were uh, ways to edit that navigation block uh, within the site editor. Uh, once I made those changes, everything took effect. And so it's just a matter of recognizing, yeah, things have changed. Some elements are a little bit different. And so, you know, uh, you got to, there's an extra I to dot, an extra T to cross. Amazing improvement. Uh, I think in being able to work in it from a graphic interface perspective, being able to make the change to the menu and see it happen on the screen, that that's an improvement. I think, I think users are going to like that. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it was one of the highlights because, you know, it's pretty important. And I, I think before this update, it was lacking. It was lacking um, quite a bit. I've got to point out, I've got to be honest to the listeners and viewers, I'm not active Gutenberg. I've been thinking of spending time, you know, really doing a deep dive, and I am really considering it now. Um, oh. um, but I... I knew it was in flux. I knew, but I knew the team was a lot more resources. Um, the new, well, the team at Gutenberg, I think, are really on the right track now. I want to be really positive because I do see it as the future and I do see the real power of it. So let's go on to another really important because I, I want to keep myself on track because I'll be, I feel I'll be waffling quite a bit in this podcast. Um, Fluid topography. Um, I think this is another really big one because it, you can really, it's going to make it's the whole thing with dealing with text. If you're not, um, if you're a DIY or you're somebody attempting to build your own website and you don't have that graphic design development experience dealing with text 
on desktop and then crucially on mobile and tablet, mobile, all the devices, your website, it can soon get pretty ugly pretty quick but with this fluid topography so what was your because i think it's another biggie well i would definitely agree and again i'm going to mirror that with with a with another page builder you know when you're working in other page builders you have to (laughs) (laughs) well but you can design for mobile right and so it's it's taking that mobile first kind of perspective of like here's what it looks like on the screen. Here's what it looks like in mobile. Here's what it looks like. And so now you have a better ability to control that in the WordPress space without those page builders, which is, which is nice. They're catching up. It's, it's, it's a great feature. Yeah, we go, we're going back to it. This is, this is the contradiction of this episode and of, of this whole discussion about 6.2, because you can't, you can't just take it outside a vacuum of what's going on with the other page builders, can you really? Can you? Well, you transitioned to something, and I almost broke in to say it earlier, but I'll say it now. There is one element of working in WordPress and working in Gutenberg that I think is so much better, hands down, than any other page builder I've used. And that is, and I know that this attracts you, Jonathan. You're a long form content writer, right? And I know that when I do work with Lifter, they're long form content writers. And if you're a long form content writer, being able to write, especially in a dif- distraction-free area in the WordPress Gutenberg environment, is an unbelievable relaxation I, compared to something else. An internal list of I didn't add that, so thanks for that because I wasn't too sure if that should be one of the major key points. But thanks for that because you because I should have added. I was I was thinking of adding it. I just made a decision not to. But you see that as another really big, big key improvement of the experience. That's a big enough improvement that I have encouraged my last few clients to stick on the Gutenberg example rather than a page builder because I know they're going to want to write. And when you're in Gutenberg, not Gutenberg, when you're in um, Elementor and you're adding text, you have that little tiny column to the left yeah. to try and put all your all your content in. It's and not it's, very good, is it? It's really no, a weakness, isn't it? It's it's a disconnect. It's a it's a mental disconnect from the content and its display, and so. Gutenberg does a wonderful job of yeah. being able to see that and format it and make it what you want. That's a really strong point. Thanks for that, um, because you're so right. That's one of the problems. See, none of these solutions, they are all got their good and strong points, and their weak. it's just the reality of the situation, folks. And in the WordPress community, it tends, it tends to get... Um, a bit um, religious in, you know, especially around pay. If you want to get to passionate discussions, the two so- the two subjects you can guarantee is hosting and page builders. If you want to get people going um, and get their religious side um, going as well, as I call it. So um, let's go on to sticky and transparent headers. This is another really big improvement. Um, they've really enabled you to have a transparent header, sticky, really visual, um, just the usability. Um, but actually, it is really important, and it really does improve the experience having this, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, this in specifically is one of my weak spots. I've got a couple of projects I want to experiment with on this and get better at it. But um, this is, this is, and people love it. Like clients love when you can have a sticky element of the website and have things scroll with it. Yeah. And um, 
the last thing, the new media inserter block, and because the media library does need a lot of love and work, in my opinion. Um, this, this, um, I was quite impressed with with it with this as well. And what, what you know, and I forgot what um, open license image library it's working i forgot the name of it but um really quite powerful um i was quite impressed with this what what's your own thoughts about this um inserting the media for me in different elements of the site that wasn't so much different but what i always had a hard time with in the gutenberg area was being able to adjust margins and padding yeah. and positioning yeah. and do, you know, if I'm doing a median text block, is it all at the top? Is it in the middle? Is it is it skewed? Um, and the new version of uh, Gutenberg and being able to get in and manage that uh, more efficiently uh, is a really big advantage. It's it's I mean leaps and bounds. Could it be a little better? Could it be a little more um, you know infinite in its ability to move things around pixel by pixel? Yeah, but um, where it's at now is a big leap forward. And it, it's really, um, it must, it's, it's confusing for us. It's confusing for other experienced developers, designers, implementers. It's, it's, a, it's where, where the balance between a third party block library and, um, but because, but I suppose the same thing applies to Alimator, you know, because Alimator, it has third party widget libraries. Um, yeah. There's a whole ecosystem um, based on that. That's on hundreds of thousands of websites. You know, whole businesses have been built on widgets for Alimator. Because I think, I think they've got almost. There was saying in their last newsletter that I quickly read from Alimator that they're saying that they've got almost eight to ten percent of the WordPress install market on wow. Alimator. That's I think that's between 11 to 16 million websites or something. Uh, um, it's just, just unbelievable figures, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's You know, when you think about the economy of scale and how when you have to build something and know that that many people are going to have their hands on it, that's a lot of responsibility. It is. So um, I'm really impressed with this update, with what the work the team has done. Um, I think they've really moved on the experience. I still have some, but it's really some reservations about some of the UX decisions, these little free dot, but you see that a lot in a lot of software, you know, if you know and you're using it a lot, it becomes, there's always, um, I'm always conservative or a little bit, um, cynical when people say um, you can make a you should have an interface that a new user they come in and they know how to use it straight away I think that's very rare and and gets more and more difficult to achieve as the more you're doing in that interface and building a website so there's always going there's always a balance about what is realistically achievable yeah. Um for the new user, new user, and what they're going to have to play around with the interface and look at some tutorials and get um, 
used to the UX platform. If, um, I always felt there's a, you know, it's a little bit propagandist to say. Uh, I still have some slight drawbacks about some of the UX decisions, but I think the team, this is a, uh, this is quite a, impressive improvement what's your own thoughts there were certain things that i found a distraction um for instance in gutenberg when, when you're working with something graphical like a pricing table um instead of the page you know sliding left and right it condenses right so your pricing table now is these tiny columns tiny but tall columns oh, right. of content and then when you preview the page then you see what the finished product would look like. Yeah, that's not great, is it? No, that that disconnect is a lot for people to get around. But looking at where we were two years ago and where we're at a year ago and where we're at today in this environment, um, it's been leaps and bounds and it's getting better and better. And I think, if again, if we just focus on the basics and we see kind of the path of the direction that this whole project might be going in, there's, there is a positive to take away from that. Yeah, I was... I won't say disillusioned, but I was quite, you know, I don't know how to put it in words, to be fair. I, I was just a little bit concerned about where Gutenberg was. I'm more upbeat about it with what's been happening recently. A lot of people said to me, well, you're being unrealistic because it will rely on third party. It's always been that way. It just relies on third party. And I could see where they were coming from. But I, I, I still had my concerns about where it was two years, almost two and a half, three years. Um, I was just expecting it to be a lot more polished and, and it should be more advanced than a lot of solutions where it seemed to be behind the ball, really, on a lot of um, smaller teams. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, I just didn't want to verbalise it because I was getting enough enough grief as it is as being seen as a Gutenberg hater. Um, but I can. This has been an impressive update, and if they can keep it going, I think it's going to end up being a really impressive solution. And I've I never thought I would be saying that. Um, I got a bit disillusioned about it a little bit, so. I'm, not, I'm, I'm determined to finish up beat, folks, on this because it's my birthday today and it's not been a great morning, but I'm determined to have a reasonably upbeat day. Uh, um, can, can we sing happy birthday to you on your podcast? Of course you can. Of course you can. Happy birthday to you. Happy well. birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jonathan Dunwood. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. That was that warm my heart. She's been a rough morning. It's getting better. Uh, um, so we're going to wrap it up now, folks. Um, like I say, if you want to watch this, and we've got a great YouTube channel as well as part of, as as also the podcast. So go over to w, go over to YouTube and look for WP Tonic and subscribe to the YouTube channel because I push a lot of YouTube content, which I think you're going to find really interesting as also the podcast. We've got some fabulous guests also coming up. I've got some really, had some people uh, who have agreed recently to come on the podcast this month and next month. Um, we've got some great interviews coming up, me and Kirk. We'll see you soon. 
See you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.